Hey everyone, this is Peter of Podstalgic. I want to tell you guys about my buddy Kevin Gallagher, aka Nerdy Kev. He's the host of Everything is Awesome. And not only is the title of his podcast self-explanatory, his tagline is pretty simple. He talks to awesome people about awesome things. He's interviewed podcasters, actors, comedians, musicians, artists, pretty much anybody that's willing to talk to the guy. So check him out. Everything is awesome at CortonParts.com. Now back to the show. Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic, where we take a nostalgic look at movies new and old. Uh, for this episode, we are doing a, an older movie, uh, which is the 1995 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And joining me on this review is my brother. Um, not from another mother, but literally my brother, <laughs> who is another <laughs> podcaster. Uh, hey, uh, it's Phil. Hey, Phil. Hey, guys. What's up? It's me again. Uh, yes, you've been on here before. I think the last one, it's been a while, actually. Uh, what was it? The Batman v Superman? Uh, no, no. I think it was... Uh... Well, actually, no, you're right, because we were going to do one for Apocalypse, but then we scrapped that. Because it was a shitty movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're like, all right, that, that's uh, terrible. Yeah. Uh, okay. You are, uh, since then, you have started your own show, Off the Turnbuckle. Uh, so for those listeners that are unfamiliar with that podcast, why don't you talk a little bit about it and uh, about you and Billy? Okay. Well, it's a uh, long story short. So it's a WWE podcast, uh, wrestling, obviously, and... Uh, uh, it's it's fairly new. Uh, our most recent episode is seven. Uh, it's is basically a podcast by fans for fans. Uh, we try to stay a little bit unbiased, but there are some times where we are biased because you know of a certain favorite wrestler or you know whatnot. But basically, what we do is we talk about both of the shows that run on Monday and Tuesday, uh, which is Raw and SmackDown, and then we give our, our thoughts and opinions of. Uh, the matches that happen, and you know that's pretty much it. It's it's mainly the interaction uh, that I feel would draw a lot of people, not so much the content itself. Oh, okay, yeah. I I've also uh, I have obviously listened to a few episodes. Um, I am not biased just because you're my brother, but I do enjoy the show, and <laughs> obviously you and Billy, you know, have known each other for quite a long time, so the chemistry is definitely there. Uh, yeah, so sure. yeah, definitely check out the uh, check out the show. I'll tag you guys uh, in the show notes, so if the listeners want to check that out, they can uh, find your show there. So before we get into Power Rangers, what I like to do on this show is talk about the number one song at the time and some of the other movies that came out when Mighty Morphin Power Rangers also came out. The number one song that came out at the time, it was number one for five weeks. Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman by Brian Adams. I don't know, have you? Uh, I, I've, I've loved, absolutely. Uh, but you're not familiar with that song? I'm pretty sure I am. I just have to hear it. One it's of those things not, you gotta hear, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's one of those songs where it's like, I grew up listening to a lot of the music that you listen to, right. but I never necessarily uh, knew the titles of the songs, or even the artists, so I'm, you know, I'm sure if you played it, I would recognize it right away. Yeah, you're only four years younger than me, so you'd probably know it. But you know, somewhere in the song is something to the tune of "Have you ever really loved a woman?" You know, something like that. You know, I something like that. clearly people didn't you know tune in to hear me sing. <laughs> so that was the number one song, uh, Brian Adams, and the other movies that came out this same weekend: Follow Thirteen and Judge Dredd. Uh, both I've I've never seen. You haven't seen either one. You didn't see the the Judge Dredd with the uh, Sylvester Stallone and. No, um, the only I saw I saw Dread with Carl Urban. That's a good one. But, I like the but new one. Not not the uh, Stallone one, no. And you've seriously never seen Apollo thirteen? I have not. No, oh. I saw Armageddon. <laughs> oh, good lord! That's that's my brother, folks. Okay, all right. Uh, surprisingly, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers did better than Judge Dread. Not by much, but uh, it did perform better. <laughs> so surprising there. 
All right, so the reason we're doing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, obviously, is because the we're anticipating the new, uh, the upcoming new release of Power Rangers, uh, which you will also be joining me in on uh, for that review as well. Yes. Um, I think growing up, we were both pretty, I don't want to say we were both pretty big fans, but, you know, I think it was safe to say, I think I was a pretty big fan, but not a, a big as a fan as you were. Oh, Yeah. We did share that interest, but I, I definitely kept with the series, and I actually still watch the series today. Uh, so there's that. Yeah, for me, I recently um, I went back and watched the pilot because that was research for the upcoming new release, uh, obviously. So I want to be able to kind of talk about or at least compare um, when the new one comes out with the pilot and kind of how they touched on, you know, when the um, the teenagers actually became Power Rangers and stuff like that. Right. And also uh, in preparation for the new release. And I don't know, maybe to kind of help out with this uh, particular movie as well. I also recently purchased the um, the five episode story arc of the Green Ranger. Yeah, it's been so long. It has been so long. But yeah, it was five episodes. Um, the fifth episode is when he kind of the spell was broken, you know. Right. Um, I should have tried checking out the episode where he actually turned into the White Ranger, though. So yeah, it was like four bucks at Best Buy. And I was like, why not? You know, I think it add a little something to um, to this particular review. I haven't checked out anyone else's yet, but I imagine there's going to be a lot of Mighty Morphin Power Ranger coverages. Uh, obviously, this is a, a very big franchise. Um, thinking back to when we were kids, I don't think there was like a whole lot of reenacting, you know, uh, between you and I, as far as like, oh, you be this ranger, I'd be that kind of ranger. What right. I do remember is that you and I, we often played the video game that was on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, that was pretty fun, actually. Uh, that was that was definitely a game that I really wanted, because I remember around the same exact time, you wanted Mortal Kombat, and that was like, kind of like, that was kind of a thing. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, come on! It's Mortal Kombat. Everybody wanted yeah. that. We we wanted sure. it with blood. Uh, we didn't get that until what? I think part two. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Probably part two. Um, but yeah, it was a fun time. I actually went on YouTube, checked a few clips from the game. It looks looks like shit, but you know, I remember it being really really fun. Uh, obviously, it was a different type of quality, but I was um. I was watching the select screen where you can choose from the five main rangers. Right. And I was like, man, they didn't even try to make those people look alike. But, you know, <laughs> again, different different era, right? So right. Th- that's probably the best that they can do um, at the time. So I want to ask you, okay, so I guess you kind of already answered it because you said you still pretty much watch the Power Rangers. Right. But do you watch like every iteration of them? Or is there like a particular group that you continue to follow? Uh well all the all the particular groups they end after their season ends and it it uh the next series is like a, a usually a new group of people, uh but I I keep up back and forth uh, I I stick more to the Japanese but I do watch the American uh, versions for comparison sake right and uh, you know the the American versions it's it's still as cheesy and punny as we all remember it uh probably a little bit more on the punny side like a little far fetched. Right. You, you know, and speaking of those puns and kind of thinking about their fighting uh, sequences and things like that, I guess I didn't know this as a kid, but they are very similar to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, in many ways, which uh, I imagine, you know, uh, was it Haim Saban? You yeah. know, probably, you know, maybe there were some influences from the Turtles comics, possibly the Turtles uh, movies. I, I'm not sure exactly when the Japanese version of the Power Rangers actually came out. Uh, in, in the mid seventies, it came out like, okay. I believe like 76 or something like that. Oh, wow. So, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles actually might've even gotten it from them. Yeah. Uh, but it's also funny that you mentioned that because there was a series that, uh, of Power Rangers that featured the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think I read something like that, but, yeah, uh, it was, check uh, that out. it was Power Rangers in Space, uh, which was after, I believe, Turbo. Turbo? Yeah. Yeah, it was after Turbo, and uh, at the time there was like a live action uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. Uh, it was like its own story, uh, so it you know it, it featured newer characters, like even a female turtle, for instance. 
but they they definitely had a crossover ep- uh, episode or two, I believe. I don't remember how many episodes, but it was it was something worth checking out. Okay, I'm sure it's uh, available on YouTube. Um, for yeah. me, I didn't follow the franchise uh, very far at all. Like uh, mm-hmm. listeners of the show, um, you know, longtime listeners at least, I think th- they know that I'm not a fan of like recasts, like at all. Right. And I hate when they try to make different versions of things. And this is like a prime example of that. You know, one of my um, biggest examples is like in Back to the Future 2 where they recast Jennifer Parker. As much as I love those movies, like they changed like one complete character. And, you know, as much as I love Elizabeth Shue, she was just never my Jennifer Parker. So with the Power Ranger um, movie, when it came out in 95, I feel like you and I probably went to go see that in the movie theater. You know, we obviously owned it. You know, it was in the... Uh, the VHS with the white clamshell, you know, if people remember yeah. those, you know, the famous Disney ones. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we probably watched it in the theater, and I feel probably shortly after the movie. Do, do you remember what season they were in when the movie came out? Uh, I just know that the White Ranger was already uh, part of the show, but I, I don't remember how far they were into the season. Okay, the, the reason I ask is because uh, apparently Aisha... Uh, left, I think, in the third season. And with Kimberly, she also left in the third season. And they gave her an exiting uh, story arc with Aisha. I think she just got replaced. And they both, uh, both the actresses kind of uh, left for the same reasons, which I kind of found out uh, while researching. I don't remember that, you know, in my head canon. So uh-huh. I feel it was probably shortly after the movie's release that I kind of fell off because, again, they just started changing out characters. Um, I was a big fan of, of Jason, who right. got replaced by uh, Rocky, you know, uh-huh. in this one. So let's talk uh, about the cast and then we'll kind of get into it a little bit more. Okay. So uh, Karen Ashley plays Aisha, the Yellow Ranger. Uh, Johnny Young Bosch uh, plays Adam Park, the Black Ranger. Steve Cardenas as Rocky DeSantos, the Red Ranger. Jason David Frank, Tommy Oliver, the White Ranger, and also the Green Ranger at Comic-Cons. Um, A.V. Joe Johnson <laughs> is Kimberly Hart, the Pink Ranger. David Jones, Billy Cranston, the Blue Ranger. And let's throw in Ivan Ooze is played by Paul Freeman. Um, anybody else you think is kind of worth mentioning? I think that's really our main people. It's just the Power Rangers and Ivan Ooze. Uh, well, there's your uh, your comedic relief, Bulk and Skull. Bulk and Skull, they kind of take a back seat in this one. I think they yeah. were kind of highlighted in the beginning just because it's like, hey, these guys were from the TV show, and here they are too. Uh, yeah. Paul Schreier plays Bulk, and Jason Narvi plays Skull. I'm sorry, Dr. Jason Narvi. That guy's got a PhD now. Uh, I actually reached out to him. I emailed him asking for an interview. No reply. So, um, sucks. Yeah. Uh, the movie was directed by a Brian Spicer, who I am not familiar with. Um, and this movie is rated PG, obviously. Action, adventure, family. Uh, obviously, a kid's movie still. You know, kind of watching it now, I was like, wow. You know, I... I really loved this movie when it came out. You know, I was a kid. It was geared towards us. Yeah. Um, a lot of plot holes, but you got to remember, you got to think this is essentially a TV movie. It only came out in the theater because of how popular the series was. Mm-hmm. Um, so the funny thing is, I kind of remember that uh, when I first got into podcasting, and I think this is before I even started a podcast, uh, you were a target for me as a potential co-host. Do you remember us talking about this movie at all? Uh, no, actually, I really don't remember discussing anything Power Ranger related. Yeah, so I was trying to get you to be my uh, my co-host before settling in on Phoenix when the show started off as a father and son podcast, and mm-hmm. I was, you know, trying to explain like the idea of the show. It'd be a movie review, and you just you weren't sold on it yet, and I was like, well, let's take. Power Rangers, for example, the movie, you know, in the movie, they changed the suit. And I remember right. people making comments about the suit. And then I said, all right, let's just try it out for, for example. And we just kind of spitballed. And I think you kind of got the idea based off of that. Right. But uh, on that subject, what do you think about the difference between the TV suit and the movie suit? I like the movie suits a lot, uh, mainly because it's its own identity, I guess you can say. Uh, because the TV suits, they, you know, they're they're obviously based off the Japanese suits. 
which were spandex and whatnot. So going to I don't even know what material you would call it, but it was it was a nice refresh look, and I quite enjoyed it. You know, I I loved it back then, and I still love it now. Yeah, um, I I agree with some of that. I didn't love it at first because I'm somewhat of a purist. So for me, I was just like, wow, they they look bulkier. Their helmets were slightly different, and yeah. for me, I was just like, yeah, I, I didn't dig their suits. But now hindsight i'm like well it makes a lot of sense it's a little bit more of an armor you know and the choreography they are probably doing a little bit a little bit more of their own stunts i'm not i'm not sure um but i do like the way they look now and it's actually not very different from you know when you had the 1960s batman and then all of a sudden you get tim burton 1989 batman it's like all rubber yeah. You know what I mean? So rubber nipples. Rubber well, that didn't come come until like ninety five. That's but, true, but but yeah, the uh I, I do like the suit. Uh everybody pretty much uh were the same with the exception of well, I guess he changed out what three characters. Um it went from Jason to Rocky, uh Zach to Adam, and then from Trini to uh Aisha. Uh which at this time the actress who played Trini, uh Twi Trang, right? Something she, like that. Yeah, she hadn't yeah. passed away yet. Uh, that didn't happen until 2001, so uh, about six years after this movie came out. So I don't remember reading like why she left the show. Uh, my, I guess what I kind of recalled was I thought she died, and that's why she got replaced. So that wasn't the case here. You know, that's what I thought too. Um, I. I do remember, like, a, a v- vaguely, anyways, I, I vaguely remember an arc where uh, it was like a passing of the torch, so to speak, because, um, so the trio, it'd be uh, Zach, Trini, and Jason, they they went off to, like, college or something together in a different state, something like that. I don't remember, but I remember watching it on TV, so somebody maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I feel like um, just because of some of the things that I watched uh, recently for the research, I may regurgitate in the new releases um, you know, review just to kind of make comparison. But it's kind of funny, like uh, watching that pilot, I didn't remember that Jason was pretty much like a teacher, you know, and Zach was like a dancer that got into martial arts. And um, so that was the pilot. And then you got elements from... The, the story arc with the Green Ranger where Tommy was the new kid in school. Right. And he has a about with Jason and they go, I think they go eight rounds because what happens is um, Tommy is up 4-2 and Jason, you know, gets the next two points and they both tie at 4-4. Four and four. So what that told me is they were pretty much equals but Tommy's, you know, slightly better just because he was able to score the four points first, I feel. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I guess maybe that's why Jason's character got switched to Rocky, who takes more of a backseat and not the leader as the Power Rangers um, now that you have Tommy. No, I, I got nothing. You got nothing. Okay. Um, what is your thoughts about Tommy? Uh, obviously, he came into the TV show as a Green Ranger, the evil Green Ranger, and then, and then eventually he becomes the White Ranger and the leader of our group. Uh, as a character, he was one of my favorites. He, I guess, I guess when he came in as a villain, that that's kind of what drew me in. Granted, I'm not for the villain types, but the fact that it was different made me be like, oh wow, you know, this guy's kind of cool. And like you said, he he was basically standing toe to toe with Jason, kind of a little bit better though. Um, but then, you know, with the Green Ranger arc and eventually him turning to a White Ranger, it was just like that character development going from a villain to hero was just, it was so awesome and it hooked me in. And he's always been a strong character. Like, I mean, it's kind of the reason why he's a leader. Yeah, I, I've i never liked him. <laughs> I still don't like him now. I don't like him <laughs> as a White Ranger. Uh, I've seen him at all the Comic Cons in Portland and I've never gone to see him once. Uh, I was salty because uh, I was a fan of Jason and this guy comes in as the bad guy, you know, so he's adding a new color to the mix. All right, no big deal. And then you give him a white uniform with, like, that chest plate padding thing. So completely, you know, making him different from everybody else. And I didn't like that. Like, you add a new character, make him different, make him the leader. And then, 
you know, and then like the Red Ranger, which uh, at the time for me was the coolest one, takes a back seat. Wasn't a big fan of that. I actually did kind of like him in the movie, though. Not so much in the TV show. If it makes you feel any better, the the White Ranger actually never existed in that season of uh, the Japanese version. He was He's from a completely different season, which was actually the season after, and they're unrelated. So that's the reason why his suit looks different, because in the season that the White Ranger is actually from, the original team looks very similar to the White Ranger. I see. Uh, what I'm going to do is, I just thought about this too, I'm going to add this in the show notes, but I'm going to include a YouTube clip of this uh, College Humor video I saw earlier that was titled Zordon's uh, a Racist. And it's a group of teens, and Zordon is like assigning them colors, and they're like, wait a minute, uh, okay, that black guy is being black. It's kind of like what we already know, right. but it goes into it a little bit more, and it's really funny, and... They're like, why are you making the white guy the leader? You know, and they touch on that. <laughs> and then there's like a like a, a Jewish kid, and he's like, why should I be green? Because we're greedy and we want money. And Zordon's like, uh, uh, no, you're gonna be green because of this. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. I thought it was a uh, pretty hilarious. So I'll throw that in the show notes if anybody wants to check that out. Um, for me, I didn't really have a new favorite uh, after Jason's departure. I did like Adam, um, you know, who played, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, it's Johnny Young Bosch who played Adam Park. Uh, the actor himself is half Korean, half white. And growing up, you know, I feel a lot of us, uh, maybe you included, it was uh-huh. always kind of cool to see someone who looked a little bit like us on screen. Yeah, I agreed. So that's kind of why I liked Adam when the new group did, um, well, not new group, but the, the, the three replacements came in. He was really the only one that I was just kind of like, well, you know, it kind of looks like me. And that kind of <laughs> goes back to... Representation. Representation matters. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, some of our idols, or at least for me growing up, you know, Dante Basco, who played uh, Rufio. Ernie Reyes right. Jr. was in like a bunch of uh, childhood movies of mine. Um, you know, just to, just to name a few there. But that was always kind of cool for me. And I guess that's why I liked Adam after Jason's departure. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into this uh, this movie. Um, the very beginning, it kind of I kind of did remember this. It starts off with a, a jumpathon, uh, which right. is kind of interesting. They're like skydiving. They're all up in the plane to include Vulcan Skull. All right, to the kids, very funny. To me now, why are <laughs> they? They, they clearly, clearly Vulcan Skull seem very inexperienced. That's probably their first time up there. Why is there no instructor? Yeah. No, exactly. I, I actually had a problem with the scene watching it now. Um, you know, specifically for the podcast. So like as a kid you think nothing of it. Just like you said, it was you know, it was meant to be funny. And then watching it as you're much older, you're just like, Why? <laughs> yeah. And and also everyone jumps out and you're like, Oh, their jumpsuit all resembles their mighty morphin Power Ranger suit and nobody figures it out. Even their parachutes are their own respective colors. Yeah, it's pretty noticeable too. Like their entire uh, casual wear is more closer to their suits than than you know the TV shows that. Uh, sorry, more than the outfits that they wear in the TV shows. I mean, from afar, because they are jumping from a pretty high altitude. From afar, they look like the Power Rangers coming down. I mean, that's true. They did yeah. have the helmets and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. So we meet this uh, this kid named Fred. Why do you think there's this kid? Uh, representation? Fr- Fred and his dad. So you think Fred <laughs> is the audience. You know, we yeah. as the kids are like, hey, you know, that could be me, you know, befriending these Power Rangers. Right. That's actually how I felt. Okay. All right. That's fair. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you there. Um, I do like the scene that follows here where they're kind of like ro- rollerblading uh, through the town. It reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of, I feel like it was Mighty Ducks 2. Yes. Okay, part two. Yes. Yeah, I yes. did I did cover all three movies um, uh, recently, if anybody wants to go back and check it out. Uh, the first Mighty Ducks coverage had an interview with a Mighty Duck himself, Mr. Aaron Schwartz, so check that out. Um, yeah, I, I did like it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't know if we really needed it, but I think, again, for the kids, it's like, hey, cool, they're skydiving, now they're rollerblading. These are all really cool stuff, right? Uh, right. Bulk and Skull, I did find this funny even as an adult, Vulcan Skull land in a construction site. And I thought that was actually pretty good writing, you know, for a kid's movie, because that puts them in this construction site where they find, like, a lid. 
some sort of like at first it appears to be like some kind of manhole, but yeah. it's like uh you know there's the discovery and somehow this like big old electro uh not electronic but a mechanic hand comes out of the ground, reveals it's an like, egg. It's like a claw talon thing, yeah. Yeah, like a claw. And so after this um this egg is revealed. The rangers get called to the command center in mid rollerblading. You know, they they go off to the little side there, talk on their little uh, wristwatch, and Zordon fills them in on about Ivan Ooze. Uh, do you got any thoughts about uh, any of this and Zordon? Uh, which, by the way, a different Zordon. Yeah, it's a different Zordon. Different Zordon. Um, so the rollerblading scene as a kid. For some reason, I just thought it was like one of the coolest things ever, and that's actually what got me into rollerblading. So I feel like a lot of the things that they did in this movie, uh, the Rangers, that is, um, was kind of like, hey, they do it, so you know maybe maybe we'll do it too or something. You know, us being the audience. Uh, Zordon felt a little off to me because growing up, you know, we were used to the Zordon from the TV show and going to the movie. It's like it felt really awkward, for lack of better phrasing. Yeah, I mean, you were able to see his face. You were able to make out what he's actually saying, uh, which I get to save money on the TV show. They kind of just use, like, kind of just recycled the footage, you know, of his, you know, what they, gosh, when they distort his face, you know, so you can't make out mm-hmm. to see exactly what he's saying. Uh, so they just, yeah, just reuse stock footage. But for the movie, they got uh, a different actor. I'm pretty sure it's a different actor, but you can see his face a lot more clearly. Um, after this, it's kind of weird because out of nowhere, uh, Lord Zed, Rita, and company, they, they show up to the construction site and they release the crack egg. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but did you know this was the third Rita? Uh, I, I didn't know it was the third Rita, but I definitely knew it was a different Rita. Okay, so the, I think the first season was, uh, reused footage from the Japanese show. Right. And then they replaced her with another Rita. Uh, I believe her name was Carla Perez, if, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. For this mm-hmm. movie, they were unable to get her, and so they had to get bring in a third Rita. So so essentially, a second American or I guess Filipino American uh, Rita or actress. Right. So I didn't know that, and to be honest, I never. I just assumed it was always the one person. Like I thought, the the stock footage they just used the same lady, you know, um, Asians look alike. I guess when I was younger, <laughs> you know, so that was kind of interesting that uh, to find out that it was three different Ritas. He pulled that card, guys. <laughs> I, I sure did. So so that was kind of cool uh, finding that out. And I also reached out to the main uh, Rita, you know, on on uh, on Twitter, and no reply. But hey, you shoot your shot and you miss yeah. sometimes. So I did actually have a, a comment about this. Uh, so Lord Zed makes a comment that it takes him 2,000 years to find this egg. And it's like, why of all times now is he trying to look for the egg? I don't know. That kind of didn't sit well with me, but, you know, whatever. Plot hole, I guess. I did miss that line because I do know that... Uh, doesn't uh, Ivan Ooze, didn't he say that he was like in prison for like 6,000 years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Extremely long time, yeah. It was. So we get um, uh, Ivan is released from the egg. And this is the funny thing. For the longest time, I thought the actor who played him was the same, uh, Robert Unglin. I thought it was the guy who played Freddy Krueger. Uh. Can you see it at all? Or No. <laughs> no. Okay. Maybe it's just me. But uh, listeners, if anybody else thought that it was Robert Unglin, hit me up. I Maybe I'm the only one. But when I was younger... I mean, there's some similarities in his face. Is some of the things he said or did in the movie? I can I can see where you're coming from, actually. Yeah. Now that you mention it, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Uh, so when we see him, one of the lines that stuck out to me that I remembered even in the trailer uh, from watching the movie was like, "What is that odious stench?" You know, teenagers. So I, I kind of remembered that line. Oh, okay. Kind of a weird line to stick out, right? Right. So we find out that he's got like some kind of deal with teenagers, obviously because when he was imprisoned, it was by a bunch of teenagers who were presumably you know previous Power Rangers, which I don't think they mentioned, but that's you know the implication. I yeah, it's implied. So what do you think of the the very first fight scene, which seems to start in the daytime and end at night? Uh, it was kind of like two stages in one fight. Uh, the funny thing, but when they morph, like the the very first time they say it's morphin time. 
they 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 change and like all the the uh the, the bad guys are gone like they just disappeared yeah. i thought that was kind of funny and yeah. because in my mind well because i think it's tommy he's like where'd they all go or maybe kimberly but anyway when that question was asked, I go, well, if, if you hadn't morphed, they'd still be there. <laughs> that whole morphing sequence, you know, is, yeah, it, was like, it was their chance it was like to like, disappear. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like, hey, you're going to use the stone to, to transform them. We're going to use the stone to get the hell out of here. Yeah. That's pretty much what it was. It, it was. Uh, we jumped to uh, the command center and Ivan Ooze gets through the door. I had a minor nitpick about this because uh, not... More than once, this has been mentioned, uh, once in the movie and once in the television show, but nobody can enter the command center without a power coin. The very first time that the command center, uh, command center was breached was by the Green Ranger. He yeah. had the power coin that Rita duplicated somehow, which I have a question about that too. If Rita <laughs> can duplicate a power coin, give it to the Green Ranger, why can't she do that and give it to somebody else that's worthy to go in there and destroy it? Yeah. It's fine. It's a kid's show. But in this movie, Ivan Ooze gets in there without needing a power coin. Well, you just said that you need to have one to get in. But you, so you can't just be like, well, he turned into Ooze because that, you know, makes their security kind of lame. Yeah, because then, like, a normal water monster from Rita or, yeah. you know, something could just get through. Exactly. What well, water monster, air monster, like something that can fit through the... The, the holes, you know, mm-hmm. and the cracks, you know, can can pretty much easily get through. So minor nitpick there, but I get it. Kids movie. So Ooze gets in. Uh, they have a feud, uh, him and Zordon, that is, and he destroys the command center. Uh, a little heartbreaking, which the command center was also, uh, you know, dressed up a little bit differently, obviously, than yeah. the TV show. That was kind of nice. A lot more lights and... Uh... A bit more fancier, yeah. Was, yeah, I feel like the the controls, you know, looked a little bit fancier. You know, they had mm-hmm. more of a budget to work with there. <laughs> They've and come a long way. They have come a long way. <laughs> now, we also find out from Ivan that uh, he has been pretty aware of all the things he's missed while locked away for like, uh, you know, the 6,000 years. That was a nitpick of mine. So he's been in prison for about 6,000 years. And the thing that made me a bit uh frustrated was how was he able to grasp everything that was going on like the different wars he's missed and all that keep up with all the times and understand the you know the the lingo and everything and especially like in the in the later scene that's coming up where he's in a factory right like how does he know how to use that without even well he he also drops like pop culture references too you know Mm -hmm. i mean i'm i'm convinced that he subscribed to the new york times (laughs) You know, he must have got some source, uh, perhaps uh, a, a really old generation of an iPhone, you know, and he gets notification, you know, yeah. so he, or, uh, he stays pretty woke and, you know, up to date on things. Or maybe he's like the genie from Aladdin because, you know, there's crazy fan theories of him being in the future or something. I, I'd buy that. Absolutely. I mean, with all with all the stuff that genie was able to do and reference, yeah, probably. Who knows? Yeah. All right, so uh, we go to uh, we go back to the Power Rangers. They're, they're still trying to find the bad guys, and I kind of like this too because uh, obviously it's a movie. You try to do, do things bigger and better, right? Uh, yeah. So their suits are no different. Uh, we learned that Aisha has the capability of, um, I guess, like activating the power beam. Uh, which he- lights like up. Yeah. yeah, it's like headlights in her helmet. That was pretty cool. Uh, Rocky has like a power scope and his eyes turn Asian. Uh, like Cyclops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Cyclops. Um, right. That was kind of cool. It reminded me of like those sunglasses off that Chinese dude from like Big Trouble in Little China at the airport. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, slits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy has a Stega Stinger, you know, which is a type of weapon. Yeah, it, it was like, uh, kind of makes him like Spider-Man. Makes him swing around if for those who haven't seen it. A little bit. Um, uh, Kimberly, she has a pterodactyl thunder whip. Which is essentially kind of like Billy's stinger. Yeah, not too different. Uh, You know, just a little bit. Yeah, so uh, Tommy's got his Saban, right? Is that what it's called? Saba. Saba, yeah, that too. I think Saban's like (laughs) a football coach. Um, And then Rocky, no, not Rocky, but uh, uh, Adam, I don't think he has anything special. No. I mean, if if you think about it, they're supposed to have all their main weapons, but in the movie, they just they had different stuff. You know, yeah. like for instance, Adam's supposed to have his uh, Mastodon axe. 
Uh, Billy's actually supposed to have his trident, his Tricera trident or whatever it is, Tri- right. Tricera lance. Yeah, yeah, they're called. I think they're called the lance. Um, yeah, I did see that on a recent episode of mm-hmm. uh, of the Power Rangers. So they lose their power in mid-fight. That's because the command center had been taken down. They changed back to uh, their human form. Right. So they they get back to the command center. And Zordon, uh, he was outside of his time warp. That is something that was mentioned in the uh, in the pilot as well. When they meet Zordon the first time, he said that he's you know stuck in this time warp. Uh, time warp. I never knew that he was like literally inside because we see him outside of it, like laying. Yeah, I thought it was like um, maybe not quite his spirit that was like in in some shape of an aura, but yeah, I guess physically he was in like something. Like a tube, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, what did you think it was, like, uh, of, of Zordon? I mean, did you think he was, I mean, so basically he was standing, laying, sitting somewhere, and his face was projected, you know, on that, uh, you know, on that, on that screen, kind of like, kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Right. But it's kind of weird, so the time zord breaks or something, and then his body is just there. So I never kind of, never understood that, uh, really. Maybe it's kind of like a... Maybe it's kind of like a like a dunk tank, you know, like it's filled with water or whatever, and he's just submerged in it. And so that's probably what it was. Uh, okay. Honestly, I, I never really thought about it as a kid. I was just like, oh, you know, big face in a in a glass tube thing, whatever. Right. I, f- I feel like that's a missed opportunity. I actually kind of like that idea. Like, you know, he was uh, kind of, you, you know, kind of like how. I guess Han Solo was like encased in that carbonite, like maybe, um, yeah, you know, Zordon was in something like that, like in some type of liquid, and then yeah, you you just see like his face. So I kind of like that idea. So we already got to see what the new Zordon looks like. I actually kind of like that. You know, they went like the 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 Superman route or the Man of Steel route, I guess. I haven't seen it. Okay, I, I try to avoid a. Uh, I avoided a lot of trailers and spoilers. So well, yeah. not really spoilers, but uh, things. So I don't I don't know how. Uh, How's Jordan looks like? Oh, okay, awesome. Um, so that would be a good perspective from your point of view. Uh, for me, I haven't done like extensive research, but I want to get like a good idea of some things, you know, when we review it. Right. Uh, um, all right, so I felt that Zordon was giving up a little too easily at this point. He's like, all right, I'm dead. We're, we're done here. The world's going <laughs> to crumble. Bye. <laughs> That's Bye. pretty much what happened. Yeah. No, he... Uh... So he didn't even try. And, well, I mean, I guess you got to look at it from the perspective of everything was obliterated. So what could he really do with all his technology, theoretically speaking, uh, was trashed. You know? Yeah, but Alpha gives them the idea to go to Fados, you know, for more power source. You know, he tells them, oh, it's dangerous, but there's like some special power source there. So mm-hmm. if Alpha knew, Zordon should have known too. He's supposed to be kind of like the, you know, almighty powerful Zordon. So, <laughs> no, I, he's weak. Let's say he's very weak and just couldn't think straight. He ain't right. He ain't right. So, <laughs> he ain't something's right. wrong with his head. <laughs> yeah, Zordon is a uh, cray cray right now, or no, not cray cray. He's just a little out of it. All right, so uh, uh, all the puns, <laughs> all the puns. You know, that's why you come to the show. Uh, so we got a scene with all the bad guys. They're all feuding. Uh, I do like this a lot. Um, Ivan Ooze kind of just walks in and kind of declares himself like the new leader. And then he imprisons like Rita and Zed in like a little snow globe. Uh, that was kind of funny. And then takes on like that pig and Goldar, uh, to be his minions, uh, pretty much. Yeah. What do you think about these Tengu warriors that Ooze creates and sends to Fatos? They were pretty out of place, especially considering the fact that in the TV show they uh, they were reused as actual monsters. Like they replaced the putties eventually. Yeah, wh- why were there no putties? Uh, well, probably because it's it's uh, it's Ivan Ooze. You know, he doesn't use putties. Yeah, because putties putties was like a Rita thing, and then Zed, of course, made his like Zed putties or whatever the hell they were. But yeah, no, they just eventually changed to Tengu in the show. I forgot exactly why, but that was like a thing because especially when they got uh, their ninja powers. Right. Uh, it was not the same way they, uh, you know, from the movie. Because if you recall Ninja, he had a lot to do with their ninja powers in the TV show. 
Okay, I don't, I don't know what that is. Never heard、uh, of her. <laughs> uh, him? Uh, no, no, it's a joke.、Uh, so the Rangers <laughs> arrive to Fados and they、uh, attack by the crows. And I like this too because even I forgot for a split second. I think it's Billy. He makes a comment, either Billy or Tommy, but he says that they're unable to morph, so it's difficult to kind of defeat the crows. You know,、it、so was, uh, I think it was Billy. Yeah, I, yeah,、oh, yeah, I think yeah, you're yeah. right. He, he makes a comment. He says something like, "Uh, it's like you know, it's a."、Uh, It's times like this when you learn to appreciate the ability to morph or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You're closer、yeah. to that line, so I I do like that actually because like again for me I even forgot、uh, I didn't expect I knew that they don't morph in this scene, but I do appreciate that line. You know, maybe、yeah. it is a reminder to the kids, like, hey, just remember, we we can't morph, and that's why we are kind of like not being able to hold our own here, kind of being outnumbered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like that, and because they're outnumbered, they get saved by Dulcia, who actually has been kind of watching them since they appeared.、Um, she's not welcoming at first until they say that they roll with Zordon. But what do you think of Dulcia, dude? As a kid, she was like probably my first on-screen crush. You got to remember, I was probably like six years old when the movie came out or something.、Uh, but I thought she was pretty cool, you know. She was able to single-handedly whoop the Tengu's butts、uh, without having to morph. Granted, she had these these sticks, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, that,、uh, she's got some kind of like sticks that like、um, emit a sound. Yeah, that, emit、uh, some kind of whistle, and it it really distracts them. But、uh, I think you don't know how to math right because I feel like you were eight when this movie came out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I know how to math right either. Hold on. Yeah. So eighty-seven, ninety-five. Yeah, that's, no, you're, you're right. Eight. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's what I'm here for. So <laughs> you were eight years old, ninety、um, five. Like, did you not watch Boy Meets World? You you weren't down with Topanga or something like that. Topanga was quite something. I don't think I hit Boy Meets World until I was at least at least nine or ten. All right, like later on, yeah. Well, Dulcia's like I've only seen her in this movie, and I don't remember her like at all. However, watching it now, I、um, I think that she is inappropriately dressed. Mm-hmm. Way too revealing.、Um, it looks nice to me, but <laughs> you know, to like a kid, it's like, wait a minute. I mean, not、uh, even. Well, I, I guess you're comparing like a teenager. At least that's who Kimberly's supposed to be portrayed as, right? Like a like a teenager, and then、mm-hmm. like Dulcia is kind of a, more of a grown person. But I I felt that was unnecessary, and perhaps it's because I am a parent、uh, of three. I was just like, oh wow! Like I don't remember her being this revealing. You know, I I felt it,、right. it being very unnecessary.、Um, yeah, I mean,、uh, again, nice to look at, but I was just like, wow! You know, they actually went there with with、uh, her outfit, lack thereof, actually. <laughs> so,、yeah. so you liked her pretty much. Yeah, no, she was good.、Uh, we got a brief scene of Ivan Ooze slanging Ooze. <laughs>、uh, I don't know why. He had to disguise himself as something because he himself already looks like a disguise. But that's cool, you know. He's out there trying to get the ooze out to,、um, I guess, possess the parents or something to kind of put them in some t- some sort of spell. Yeah, to use them to、uh, excavate his、uh, his his weapons of mass destruction, so to speak. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah.、Um, I remember this scene being a little bit longer, but it was pretty short. But Dulcia shows them some monolith,、uh, monolith where they need to go, and she's like, "Oh yeah, no one has survived." And then she says that she's going to ask for the help,、um, uh, or she says she she will help, and she'll summon the sacred animals of the Ninjeti, which you know, again, very brief. And I, I was like, "That's it." And it kind of kind of kind of happened quick. You know, they get the new uniforms, which are pretty dope.、Uh, I like it quite a bit, actually.、Uh, but the ceremony,、uh, you know, was was very anticlimactic. Yeah, it especially considering it's like okay, you, so you're some of these spirit powers or spirit animals, and it's just like at that point, why did they get new clothes? Because as far as I know, it didn't really enhance their powers or anything like that. Well, she says that the strength is inside them, and the animals are just there to guide. Yeah. So I, I get what you're saying, though, but I do like how she explains the animals because it、uh, harks back to the TV show where Zordon says, "Oh, you are going to be this color for these reasons." So she does the very same thing here with these、uh, sacred animals. So I do like that. You know, the little continuity there. Okay.、Uh, um, what do you think about the the scene where the Rangers fight the Triceratops skeleton? 
I thought it was kind of lame, to be honest. As a kid, I thought it was kind of scary because, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, like, our rangers are going to get eaten or something. But then watching it now, it's like, it was very anticlimactic because, first of all, everybody, like, tried to uh, do something about the Triceratops, right? But it made the, the girls look a little bit weak because they were the only ones screaming and running away, whereas all the guys were trying to, like, take it down. And then, of course, the only person to take it down is Tommy. And the way he took it down was just very anticlimactic. Right. Yeah, he removed, like, one, like, what, uh... The, the neck bone? The, the one piece of neck bone that, like, uh, unravels, like, the entire skeleton. Mm-hmm. I do like the look of it. I don't know how they actually filmed it because it looked pretty good, uh, in my opinion. You know, I don't know if it was... Like, uh, you know, it's probably practical effects. It didn't look like CGI at all, which, by the way, we will touch on that. Uh, I believe it was uh, animatronics. animatronics. I believe so. I believe, I believe that. So. Yeah. I believe it. You know, it, it looked good. It looked like, you know, it was actually, uh, the, you, know, um, you know, Tommy that was actually on it. You know, it could have been a stunt, but still, it looked pretty good. It looked like the guy was actually on this thing, actually mm-hmm. riding it, you know, so I do like that. So Ooze uh, commands the parents to leap to their death pretty much after he was done with them. Uh, and we see the, I forget their names, I feel like it's Scorpicon and... Scorpitron and Hornet, Hornetron or something like Hornetron something like and the Scorpicon. Scorpitron? Uh, two robotic animals or insects, I guess. It's like a bee and a scorpion, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much. Scorpion. So kind of interesting. Now, what do you think of the way they looked? CGI. 1995. Uh, I thought the scorpion looked coolest, and I thought the hornet looked kind of lame, especially considering the fact that it didn't fly, like, at all. For me, terrible. They looked really, really bad. Um, again, <laughs> I know it's, you know, uh, th- this is based off, uh, off of a TV show. Essentially, it's a TV movie just released in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what kind of budget they were working with, but you got to remember, like, Terminator 2 came out, like, what, 91? Just four years removed from this movie? And that's the best they can do. And if you think about it, like this movie, not a lot of CGI effects, right? So it's really just these two um, two of Ooze's robot uh, robots, and then obviously the uh, the you know the Zord at the end here. That, that's mm-hmm. really all their CGI went to. Everything else was pretty practical, pretty much oh, practical effects. The Zords, yeah, the Zords. It that didn't look good either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, all those words were pretty bad. It was CGI, like... it, it did not hold up in this movie. Um, but, you know, I still enjoyed the, the fights. You know, you just right. got to... I mean, again, it's a kid's movie. You, you really got to suspend your disbelief. But it, it was pretty cringeworthy for me um, to see the CGI. Because, again, like, w- whatever budget they were working with, where did it go to? You know? Right. Uh, if that's the best they could do, yikes. Um, all right. So... We get the rangers, uh, they get back, or they get to the gate uh, at this monolith, and uh, there's like four statues that come to life. I like this fight scene. This is pro- probably my favorite fight scene. Um, the most dangerous uh, so far, for sure. Yeah, because they could actually die. Like, these these guardians were set to kill. Period. Yeah, I mean, and they, they get their power back here, too, because they were able to get the power sources. So, mm-hmm. I, I do like this entire... Um, series of events here the uh, the scene i do like it and i'm just like man th- this journey was supposed to be very dangerous honestly it wasn't that dangerous until they got to the gates like you know getting there really wasn't that hard yeah that was the thing i questioned too because multiple people throughout the movie have have mentioned oh you know people have tried but failed or well not people but you know others have tried but failed and it's just like well I'm pretty sure those people seeking out the power were actual fighters, whereas these kids just know how to fight, but they're not actual fighters. That's kind of me nitpicking. Yeah, um, but I don't know. Like, uh, I feel like Dulcia, didn't she say that, uh, I mean, she she feels that they can do it, if anybody, because Zordon picked them. Maybe mm-hmm. everyone else had previously tried, you know, like Zordon had no say, you know, as, as to, like, they were worthy enough. True. Could be it. I mean, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, because again, yeah. like the strength comes from within, so they are clearly worthy. It just comes down to like you know the writing and stuff like that. You know, it being for for twelve year olds. I'll let it slide. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> All right. So Ivan's machines are destroying Angel Grove, which we didn't even uh, mention is the the name of the city. Uh, I like that that name very much. 
And they are declaring a state of emergency. You know, everything's kind of going to shit. They're wondering where the Power Rangers are, kind of like in uh, every superhero movie. Yeah, every like, superhero movie. Where's, where's Batman? Batman? Where's Superman? Where's, yeah. Where's Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> was that a thing? People were wondering yeah. where Spider-Man was? Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember. There was a time where he uh, he went emo and didn't want to do anything. Oh, I remember that one very much, where he struck yeah. down the street and dancing. Oh, yeah. And people were like, what, what, are you, what are you doing, creepy guy? <laughs> so... So Fred, the kid that we talked about earlier, forgot he was in this movie. So he stops uh, some kind of party and tries to convince like the other kids that the parents are brainwashed and that they need to help him. Okay. Let's okay. moving the story along, I guess. Um, so we got the epic fight scene, right? We already talked about the CGI, not looking very good. But I do like how they're using miniatures, you know, especially like what was it, the train, right? And you can see like mm-hmm. the sparks on the tracks where like the train broke off. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know what, uh, Tommy's Falcon actually looked okay, you know, to kind of like hold the bridge up very, uh, reminiscent of a Superman movie. I feel, gosh, what was it? Either the first or second one where he did the same thing. Yeah. You know, there was a uh, broken train tracks and he kind of like uh, connected it using his body. So Tommy does that, saves all the kids. And, and then the Rangers lure, ooze out into space uh, because they actually mentioned this at the very beginning of the movie, if you were paying attention. Ryan's Comet. Something that comes once in a while. They mentioned it, yeah, they mentioned it when they were skydiving, like, very, very briefly over the radio uh, after everybody landed. Who would have known? A callback in a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Mm -hmm. Not bad. I like it. So, you know, that at least... uh, there's a callback to that, that get, um, and then they were able to defeat Ivan Ooze. Uh, Fred and his father was reunited. I didn't care, uh, honestly. <laughs> we had, look, we had the scene in the very beginning. That's really all we see of their relationship. Pretty much it, because after that, the next time we see his dad is when he gets home and like sees the Ooze. That's really it. Like They spent no time on, on that father and son, so it didn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm sure the kids loved it. So, uh, but I am glad that the Rangers were able to uh, make it back to the command center literally at the very last second, even though we kind of thought he died. But uh, them being there with their power and, and all of that, they were able to kind of restore everything back to normal and Zordon is, uh, is alive again. I felt that it took way too long. Zordon should be dead. Like, they were gone for a while. Yeah, um, it Dulcia wasn't just one was, night or anything. It was it was multiple days. Yeah, Zordon was dying, and there was really <laughs> no sense of urgency. Uh, but that's fine. Like you know, I feel in the real world uh, that they would have split up some somehow. You know, like maybe somebody stayed with Zordon, and I don't know. But mm-hmm. obviously, you got to keep them together. You know, they work better as a team. Well, yeah, that's where the strength comes from, and that's probably you know the whole the whole callback to uh, that's why they were worthy of the power. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. So, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, now, I think last night you told you said something about two hours. This movie for me was like an hour thirty-five. I don't know that when I was watching it, it read two hours, but it was probably because like the credits or something. Could be. I don't know, like tw- twenty-five minutes of credits. Something. I don't know. Something. Something added a lot of time. Okay, so uh, we kind of did away with like the whole rating system. But what I do do on this show is that uh, I kind of talk about what like IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes gave it, and they are pretty damn close. So uh, so there's really no point in like choosing which one. But uh, Rotten Tomatoes had it at a fifty percent, and IMDb had it at um, five point one, I think, out of ten. So, yeah. so, something like that. They were very close. But do you agree with that score? Do you think you should be higher, lower? I'm pretty sure I can speak for the both of us having watched it now or, you know, recently. Like it's, it's probably a safe score. Uh, okay. I don't think it was terrible, but I don't think it deserved a high rating. If anything, no more than a six, if that. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, a six out of ten. I, I feel that might, you know. That might be too high? Yeah. That, that still might be too high. Like, look, this isn't terrible okay it's it was watchable for me at no point was like i need to turn this off my biggest issue was the the cgi i thought that was the worst well let's let's hear let's ask you this so x-men apocalypse 
obviously you thought the movie was crap. I thought it was too. Now compare the two. <laughs> I'd watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers again. I probably would too, to be honest. Yeah, you know, because um, I, you know, I I have my ties with with this. You know, back to my childhood. I'd watch mm-hmm. it again. Kimberly's in there. She's my favorite of the uh, of the women. You know, I, I like them all, but but I do like Kimberly. She was always my favorite. And with she, she said it'd be a cameo in the movie. I mean, I, I guess both movies do have Ivan Ooze in them. But uh, uh, uh-huh. Apocalypse. I mean, like Psylocke. Like I, I did not like her character at all. Jennifer Lawrence phoned it in in that movie. I had a lot of issues with that movie. Some people like it, but hey, their, their opinion. Some people hate this movie. We both uh, seem to be kind of you know lukewarm on the movie. Yeah. So I feel I don't disagree with fifty one percent and a five point one on IMDb. Uh, if it went higher, I'd say no more than like a five point five or fifty five percent. Obviously. So yeah. it's it's right about there. I can still watch it again. It actually has some pretty decent songs. I mean, I still remember that uh, the end song there, which I'll you know play at the end of this episode. So I, I'll, <laughs> I'll still watch it. You know, it's not bad. The fight scenes are actually pretty darn good. You know, choreography the, was good. Yeah, the choreography is great. Like I kind of forget that about this uh, about this franchise. They have some really good fighting. So and it was kind of cool what they did with like the new suits and the capabilities that they gave them, you know, uh, a step up from the actual uh, actual TV show. Yeah. So I'm not going to like put my uh, hopes up too high for the new movie. It looks like decent enough. And I know that it's going to at least be, I hate to say better than this movie because people have like their nostalgic ties to it. But all around, I, I imagine that the acting is going to be better. The CGI, even though it's going to be oversaturated with it, probably will look less, a lot better. Less puns slash cheesy. <laughs> oh, definitely Man. less puns because the 90s are full of them, right? Yeah. I mean, again, we mentioned the Ninja Turtles movie. This one, isn't this is, a, they're, st- they're still going to have it. Isn't this a PG-13 or is it still PG? It is PG-13 and it's also two hours long. Oh. So, yeah, it's probably for kids, but most kids 12 and under probably couldn't really sit through a two-hour movie. Well, they might now. You know, even Marvel movies are over two hours. But Power Rangers is something new to them, you know, unless they are kind of like watching some of the older stuff in syndication. Mm-hmm. But I feel this is for us, you know, this this reboot. Kind of like how Monsters, Inc. 2 was basically for us. Yeah, it was, well... <laughs> Um, Monsters, Inc., I enjoyed it very much, but for me, I feel like it was more for your nephew, Phoenix, because when University came out and we watched it as a family, I don't remember much of the, the inside jokes at all, but uh-huh. I was sitting there watching Phoenix crack up at like all these little inside jokes you uh, know, from the first movie, because yeah, he grew up watching that. Gotcha. So maybe for you, I feel like it was a little bit past my time, but still uh, both very good movies. Yeah. So, uh, so that's it. That uh, wraps up our review for 1995's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We probably said a lot of wrong things. So if you want to correct us <laughs> and give us a holler on Twitter, sure, why not? You know, um, not that anybody really ever speaks to us about Power Rangers anyway. Uh, but Phil, thanks again for joining me on this review. Uh, again, you'll return for the 2017 Power Rangers here uh, at the time of this recording very shortly. Um uh, well, soon, I guess. But again, yeah. tell the listeners, you know, where they can find you online and where they can find your show. All right. Well, let's start off with Twitter. You can find me at Twitter at Sapphire Hero. The the O in Hero is actually a zero. So um, there's also our podcast on Twitter, which is, I believe, Podcast OTT. You can also find us on Podbean, which is podcastott.podbean.com pretty much it so if you guys have any questions in regards to our content feel free to reach out to us otherwise keep it good yeah i mean you you're definitely uh in comparison to me you're the expert on power rangers for me i only really know like the the actual og stuff at least the second iteration with the the three replacements after that i'm not your guy so (laughs) so that's pretty much it if it makes you feel any better Zio and Turbo still had the originals. The only they only swapped out like maybe one or two more after that. I hate it when they kept on changing costumes on me. Oh uh, well, that was terrible. A thing. Terrible. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll check out just just to kind of see uh, how different it is. But I did not. 
I don't think any other suits I've seen, like in pictures, I, I, I didn't really care for them. No, the suits, the suits got wacky over time, and some of them looked cool, but it was just like you had a lot of. I remember one looked like weird pirates. Looking. Yeah, that one was actually pretty cool. They were space pirates. Oh well, well there you go. I, I guess uh, they achieved what they were going for. <laughs> um, all right, so for me, uh, I also host uh, We Got Five uh, here at Court and Parts, along with Paul Stalgic. Uh, so you can find you know a lot of my contents. Uh, at courtandparts.com. We also have a Facebook page where I'm pretty active in. Uh, just type in Court and Parts Podcast on Facebook. Uh, request entry and we'll grant you that access. And in there, you can uh, interact with other listeners of the shows of our network and also a lot of, the, actually all the hosts um, that host those shows. I also do original remake at followingfilms.com. Currently on a hiatus, but uh, Michael Dennison and I should be making a return very shortly. And I have an Instagram account. So on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Podstalgic. Um, I post things eh, pretty regularly, at least uh, images of the you know the new release movies. So uh, that's all I got. Uh, I do have some new iTunes reviews. I want to give a shout out to those folks that did leave that for me. I'll probably wait for the next episode where Phoenix joins in to have him read those. And uh, I want to give a shout out to a group uh, on Twitter that I'm a part of, a uh, podcast community of movie uh, reviewers. Uh, That is the movie pod squad so shout outs to them i've been on a few uh, of those shows and some of them have previously been on here so if you're interested in uh, the walking dead dave of the super movie bros podcast is my co-host on tv ate my brain where we covered the walking dead so check it out all there so thank you guys again for listening to this episode uh, again thank phil for joining in here <laughs> so for <laughs> phil uh, i'm peter thank you guys for listening i'll catch you guys later Listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.